Okay, hello, welcome to episode 285 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, the first half of this episode, or the first part of this episode, who knows how long this one's going to be, um, is going to be just me talking about the Kings beating the Pelicans in New Orleans 121-103. to The Kings avenged their ugly loss in New Orleans earlier in the season, and also bounce back emphatically after you know a bit of a stinker of a loss at home again i'll i'll maintain it's not a, it's not good that you lose to the spurs but it, it it was what it was it happens i didn't think too much of it but uh that that taste has been wiped out of my mouth completely because the kings uh after losing to the spurs mike brown called them soft on defense and just basically said they didn't have focus they essentially underestimated their opponent. You know, like old stuff like that. But they do have legitimate reason to be able to say that. That's a bright side and being a little bit more optimistic. But yeah, they underestimated their opponent and let them get off. And yeah, they they basically let that one slip. And they come out they come out during this game. They start out the game really bad on offense, actually, but they were, I thought they were, like, you could see the the intensity um, was at another level uh, on defense. Now, granted, the, the results were a bit mixed. The, the Pelicans actually start out really hot with Brandon Ingram just destroying um, the Kings, but, you know, but on the other side, this was kind of the big issue with the Kings to start. They couldn't score from the outside. This is the stat that I have. They ended the first quarter 2 of 14 from 3. But on the bright side, 9 of 14 from 2. So yeah, count count that. They've shot 11 for 28 from the field. But again, 9 for 14 from, th from 2 and 2 for 14 from 3. But during that time, their defense actually... I thought their defense was actually really good to just kind of take the Pelicans out of their game. And it kind of kept their head above water until the offense started to find its rhythm by the end, by kind of the end of the first quarter. Malik Monk hits a buzzer beating three. And the Kings never really looked back from there. They were up two uh, in the, after the first quarter. And then their offense came, started to come to them. Like De'Aaron Fox had a horrible first quarter. I believe he was 0 of 6. But then he started hit shots. Sabonis is doing his thing. Kevin Herter was was really good. Um, Harrison Barnes doing like all the team, like the entire team was doing their thing. Malik Monk making his return, and you could just see an injection of energy. Like Malik was an or was an orchestrator, you know, just constant, just constantly, just be able to do stuff in the pick and roll, like you know, attack the rim. Uh, you know, hit mid-range shots, hit threes, and like diming guys up. It was probably one of his best games, even though when you look at the box score, you know, 17 points, three assists, nothing that really like, no, no, doesn't stand out as one of those games, but I thought it was like one of his best games because he attacked and he just set guys up and he was able to hit the open shots. Really, really just an overall good, great game, um, great bounce back game from Malik, and he was kind of the energy um, for the, for the Kings. And also, this was refreshing. The, the Kings saw that in the first quarter. Like, they were scoring very well from two. And, like, they were able to attack the rim, like, relentlessly and just kind of get whatever they want at the rim. I, don't, I honestly don't really know what made the, uh, New Orleans defense so bad. But, yeah, they, they just were able to constantly get to the rim. 
and they just kept attacking, kept attacking, and they let the threes come to them. Now they did four. I I did think they took some kind of bad ones, but like ultimately, like they actually just they kept attacking the rim. They would get good ball movement, and then like they and then they they didn't settle for threes. Is how I would describe it. They just kept attacking the rim. And yeah, that's how they kind of won. That's how they kind of controlled the game for, again, the rest of the game. In the third quarter, um, or after the second quarter, they were up, I believe, 11. Let me check. Yeah, they were up 11. And in the third quarter, they struggled to actually, like, they struggled to actually get, like, real separation. But their offense, like, they were just getting whatever they want. Now, granted, the Pelicans were getting whatever they want on defense or on offense, too, but the the Kings kept just answering back every single run they try to they try to put forth, and then again that just continued into the fourth, and it they basically won going away. Again, just a really really good bounce back game from the Kings. Again, after after Mike Brown called them soft, you can tell like they they just came out with a sense of urgency, a sense of intensity that they played with, and. You know, it wasn't it wasn't perfect uh, like the entire time. Like as I mentioned, in the third quarter, they were not really getting stops. They just happened to continue scoring. But you know, it, it's just it was just a different level of focus, and they and they made plays on the defensive end. They were physical. Um, they they took away like the Pelicans' spots um, outside of like letting them letting them get to the rim every now and then. And you know, they were just active all around. I thought just a really really good bounce back game overall. In terms of the like, what I noticed from the Pelicans, to me, I, I can't really pinpoint what it is with them. Apparently, they're the sixth best defense in the league right now, and late, they've been red hot lately. They had a really good win against the Clippers, uh, I believe, a game ago. But like this game, I just thought they didn't look connected. Like the Kings got to the rim whenever they wanted. The rotations weren't crisp. Like they were also a step slow, just rotating out to the shooters. Keegan Murray had five threes in the third quarter alone. He ended up with seven threes in, in the game. Like the rotations just weren't there. The communication wasn't like as solid. Like they were just a step slow. And it was really good to be able to see the Kings like just be able to um kind of they they I wouldn't say like they straight up out hustle the um the the Pelicans, but like eleven offensive rebounds to the to the uh Pelicans nine and they out rebounded them 43 to 37 total like it was just a really good game from the Kings like again just a better focused team a team that you know suffered a tough loss and definitely took that took that personally and just got and just kind of got to work and it's it's really really nice to see really it really good win against the Pelicans um the Kings now have won 48 um wins on the season and they have officially clinched the Pacific Division title for the first time since 2003. It's another feather in the cap of what's been an incredible season for the Kings. And, you know, hopefully they just, they keep this up tomorrow night and, you know, finish the season strong. And, you know, carry some momentum going into the, uh, going into the playoffs. Like, just, you know... It, it again it was a bit of a stinker losing to the spurs it really kind of raised some red flags even though again i didn't overreact to it but to be able to see them like be able to absolutely have their way um on both offense and defense against the against again again a very tough team for the most part like a pretty much fully healthy they didn't have alvarado and uh zion but they haven't had zion for three months now so like he's basically not even part of the team anymore like 
basically against a against a red hot Pelicans team who are coming off, you know, I, well, I'm, let me let me check their record really quickly. So they have won. Yeah, shit, should have just should have pulled up the standings. Uh, the the on live googling here. Uh, so they won. They won. The, they've been seven and three in the last ten. So like they've been playing very very well. And you know the Kings just kind of came and just spoiled the party for them. You know, again, great, great job from great job from the Kings to respond um, and just not and just not let that stuff affect them and just shown that they still have a lot of spirit. And you know, when they are focused and when they're they simply just play solid defense with good intensity and good hustle, like their offense, like their offense can carry them to really dominant wins if they're just simply solid on defense. Let's see if this is going to be a consistent thing with them. And yeah, ho hopefully like hopefully like next tomorrow they're going to face the Mavericks and hopefully they carry that momentum and honestly end the miserable and the pathetic miserable Dallas Mavericks. They are just asking to be kicked out of, of the playoff race. Like just end their misery right now and just like just stop just stop with that. Okay. Uh just a few quick things before uh the intermission. Um, so I wanted to this. I want to just talk quickly about the CBA. Um, look, I'm not gonna go through in detail. I'm not smart enough to know everything that goes on in there, and I honestly, don't really want to dive into like legal language. Here are just some things that uh, caught my eye, ear, whatever you want to call it. So uh, apparently, in the new CBA, which I think takes place after this season, like the not next season, but the next next season. I don't even remember. I don't know the details. Anyways, in the new CBA, there's going to be um, a, a second apron. So, like, what the apron basically is, is you cannot go over, you cannot spend over a certain amount on your team payroll. And if you go over that, you're in the luxury tax, So, which is the first apron. The second apron is, a, is like a second threshold um, that you, that if you cross... There are a lot you the the team in question loses their mid-level exception. Uh, they also cannot um, uh, offer their mid-level. Mid yeah, they lose their mid-level exception. Uh, they cannot sign anybody on the buyout market, and I believe they can only sign other play like their players to minimum contract. Basically, it's very restrictive. It's a way to basically take away rich super rich owners like steve Ballmer, uh joe lakeup of the warriors like to stop them from just spending more money than the next guy or like another team apparently just to take away that advantage now i i, I know i didn't do a great job of just explaining it but basically it if you if you spend too much time or too much money on your on your team payroll to to you know to you know get good players i guess um, you are, you will be heavily penalized. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I think it's stupid. I think it's pointless because think of the teams that are mentioned right now, like that are way over the luxury tax. So I don't know if Brooklyn is one anymore when they had Kyrie and KD, like their payroll was like insane. Look at that team. It imploded. Now they're kind of a, now they're kind of a happy go lucky kind of cute team. That's you know, happy to make the playoffs. They're actually really fun to watch. I actually really enjoy watching them. But, like, they don't have any superstars. Probably not going to do anything in the playoffs. But, like, before that, they basically formed their super team using cap space and, you know, expensing a lot of random stuff to the stars. Like, 
you know, the advantage, I guess, of like, how, how would I even explain it? Like, they, they spent a lot of money on Katie and Kyrie is the point I'm trying to make. And that team, like, they arguably could, they should have probably won the 2021 title, but like they got injured and they basically don't have much to show for it, unfortunately. But my point is that team imploded. It didn't work out. The uh, the the Clippers, they're so they're one of the biggest spenders in terms of payroll. Like they have like the two max guys and Kawhi and PG, and then they have Norman Powell on like a twenty million dollar contract, like Robert Covington on like a double digit million on eight figure contract. They have a they they spend a lot of money on contracts. Look at them. It's not really working out, is it? Like they they haven't well they've been to the conference finals. But, like, they really haven't been able to win anything. And, like, you know, the Warriors, like, this year, they have, like, one of the craziest payrolls of all time. Like, the, the or the craziest uh, tax uh, payments of all time. And they're kind of, they're, like, they're treading above, just barely above water right now. Like, they're, currently, they're the seventh seed because uh, their game with the uh, Thunder is going. It's at the Lakers of the sixth seed right now. Mm, that's juicy. But... The point I'm trying to make, teams with big payrolls doesn't really always mean the best teams. Again, the Clippers, they're kind of actually a middling team, which is really funny considering how much they're actually paying. Uh, the Warriors are a middling team right now. The Nets, before they even, like, um, before they just kind of nuked everything, like, was kind of a floundering team. Or, no, they were doing okay, but, like, you, they, you wouldn't pick them to be the favorites to win a championship. Like, my point... I'm trying to make is that just because an owner is willing to spend money doesn't really mean like they're going to be championship contenders right away or ever. It just means they're spending a lot of money. I just, I personally just think it's not a problem. And the second apron is just going, it's basically just going to, I guess, de-incentivize, de you know, more guys that more, those rich owners who apparently are a big problem from spending, you know, that type of big money. And it's, again, I think it's pretty pointless for the most part. It, again, like there are so many things in place to basically stop a rich owner from just spending all their money to get all the players, because there's a lot of rules that prevent that prevent that from happening from a rich guy to get all the players that he wants. So again, I just don't think it's a problem. It just makes it just kind of a pain in the ass if you do spend a lot of money, but ultimately I think it's a problem that you tried to fix that didn't really exist in the first place. Maybe down the line it actually like stops some sort of crazy, like it, it stops the exact scenario it's trying to prevent, like a crazy rich guy spending all the money and forming the best team doing that. It's not something that's really been been ha happened before. Like it, you know, you talk about the Nets, like in twenty twelve, like. You know, that rich, I think, Russian guy, like, bought the Nets and tried to essentially pay to win the title. They ended up getting Paul Pierce, KG, and those guys, and it ended up being a disaster. So it's just another one of those situations where I just think you can throw as much money as you want. It's not – you you can't win a championship just by throwing a lot of money a lot of money out is is the point I'm trying to make. So I think this, this second, second apron is stupid. My opinion – don't have to agree with it. It is what it is. Just wanted to kind of get that out there. Um, the in the new CBA, the all NBA player, the all NBA teams will be positionless. So I think that's really cool. Like, you know, I think positions in general are just kind of stupid. I one way you can kind of tell a guy isn't all to 
isn't isn't really a diehard NBA fan or just yeah isn't I guess just not a diehard NBA fan or kind of guys I I generally roll my eyes at is when they start is this guy a shooting guard or a suit or a small forward or a power forward it doesn't matter they're wings <laughs> like they're just it, it's basically like it you're basically all you're basically determined by how tall you are and you know Draymond Green is like six five and he's basically a center nowadays like no I don't think anyone really calls him a power forward like the NBA has been positionless for for a long time basically since the advent of small ball and honestly even before that if you kind of look back like I guess Dennis I guess like in the 96 Bulls like Dennis Rodman is the center but like he's not a center he plays center but like he's not the center so it's just one of those things that you know it's long time coming should have happened a long time ago so now now you finally kind of get legit teams if you want like one of the biggest travesties i remember back in the day because of this uh you know this put this this uh because of how mb all nba was structured was deandre jordan making all nba first team like i i i never thought deandre jordan was any good that's just my opinion and like that was kind of when you knew like holy shit the the center position is a dead is a dead position right now. Granted, I think Boogie got to second team, but you know the Kings sucked ass back then. So like you literally did just didn't have centers, uh, to really make first team. Like you, so now you just don't get those kinds of situations. Um, hopefully anymore. And you just pick the fifteen best players you can, and you know it'll be you know it'll be well deserved. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about in the uh, new CBA is that uh, players have to play 65 games to qualify for awards. Uh, honestly, I, I, on paper, I think this is a good thing because, you know, load management is a real thing. Like, you know, you have a lot of players who just kind of sit out games for rest purposes. Now, if there's a legit injury, like, I, I, don't, I don't mind it. Like, if you need to rest for the injury, you need to rest for the injury. It is what it is. But, you know, this could... You know, this could probably, hopefully, like, this could actually have the intended effect. Like, I don't know if it'll actually stop players from actually, um, you know, uh, load managing. But, you know, it's a it's an incentive. And I think it's a good incentive to make players actually kind of play games uh, in order for them to win awards, which could, may or may not be tied um, to, you know, how much they get paid. So I think it's a fine thing. Um, the 65 may be a little bit high, but I don't mind it. We'll, we'll see how, we'll see what, uh, consequences this has, um, going forward. Um, it'll be interesting. This new, uh, next CBA, how, like, again, the, the tax apron don't think it's going to really matter, but I think it's stupid, but that's just me. Um, it, it's a, it's an interesting time. We'll see how this one, uh, how this kind of shapes the NBA going forward. A uh, random thing that just that I just uh, took note of uh, on Instagram. Uh, Kevin Herter is now sponsored by Porsche, or he, he at least got a new Porsche, uh, thanks to the people at Porsche. I just thought I just thought that was fun, kind of weird, kind of funny. Just wanted to mention it here. Okay, um, after the intermission, you'll be hearing from me and Fong. Uh, hope well, hopefully Fong. He should he should be there. Um, and we'll be talking about the Mavericks game and WrestleMania. There, there's quite a bit to talk about. All right, uh, the Kings unfortunately lose uh, against the Mavericks, a desperate Maverick Mavericks team who literally, I think, needed this win to stay alive in the play-in. Had we won this game, we would have put them out of their misery. 
And boy, did this game start out miserable for the Mavs. Let, let's start there. Uh, Fong is with me. Uh, we'll talk about the game. Then we'll talk about his experience uh, at WrestleMania. But Fong, do say hi in your return. Hello. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to your trip to SoFi Stadium. You just told me a little bit about it. I'm glad I didn't go. I'll just say that. <laughs> Even though it would have been amazing to be there. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. So, again, the Kings lose to the Mavericks. Um, basically, it started out pretty good for the Kings. Like, I thought this game, like, the defense, like, to start on both sides were pretty bad. But the offense, it, it was flowing for both teams, but, like, even more so for the Kings. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, well, sadly, I missed the first half. Second half uh, definitely felt that way in some ways, I guess you could say. Uh, but there was really three guys in the Dallas Mavericks team that really just, you know, capitalized over us. And it felt like in some possessions for the Kings, just just didn't go their way. Yeah, um, I guess we can just skip to the second half. The first half, like there were like the Kings were like running on all cylinders. Like their offense was beautiful. Like it was some of the best passing I've seen, like as a team, like this entire game. And the, the Kings opened up an 11 point lead going into halftime because they were just dominating the uh, Mavericks. And like the Mavericks looked as pathetic as they have been at, in the past uh, or in the past like month or so. Like they just, they looked like they were ready for Cancun, as some people described it. But <laughs> in the second half, like the, I didn't even think the Kings ran bad offense, I thought their offense was fine. They just missed shots. They got good shots, but they just didn't make it. In the meantime, the the Mavericks got some okay shots, and they made just about all of them. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I I was thinking like whoever you know slacks off first will you know pretty much win the game. I'd say like uh, I felt like the Kings, uh, kind of like you said, weren't hitting the shots that we should have been hitting, and. The other team just all of a sudden hit, I want to say, like, three straight threes. And then there was a fourth one after a timeout that just kind of capitalized the Dallas's lead. Yeah, like, I again, I don't even think their defense was, the Kings' defense was bad. They were okay for the most part, but you have Tim Hardaway hitting threes all of a sudden. Like, Luka hit a three, and then Kyrie all hit it. It was just like the three-headed monster, just absolutely just, you know, absolutely just caught on fire and it brought the Mavs all the way back. The, the Kings is a 13 point lead just evaporated essentially in, in about a few minutes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, other than that, uh, there was some people saying that the calling was bad. I, I would say it was pretty even to be honest for both sides. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like, I found the first half, like the Kings got away with some, got away with some fouls that weren't called and there, there was a very egregious one. So, like, Luca is doing his usual Lucaing and just bitching to the ref relentlessly. I remember, like, uh, during the pandemic year or the uh, the year there where there was no fans, like, Jason Jones was mesmerized at just how much complaining Luca does. And this game was no different. Like, he somehow did not get a tech this game, even though he was bitching at the ref the entire time. And Kevin Herter, after getting hit in the face... It gets an offensive foul called on him for quote unquote pushing Tim Hardaway. He gets a technical foul. 
And that was just comical. That was terrible. But I thought the rest of the game was fine for the most part. Like, there was one, like, double dribble that wasn't a double dribble by um by De'Aaron, but it, it was what it was. Like, it, it, it happens. Yeah. The, the weird thing about the offensive foul on Herder was that it was overturned. With but he still got the technical. Still it's, got the technical. Yeah, which, exactly. Which is garbage. They need to revise this. Like, they need to add this into, like, the referee rulebook. If a player gets a technical foul because of a bad call by the ref, that needs to be rescinded. Because it's a, it's got started by your bad call. <sighs> yeah, well. And, and again, like, Luca had been bitching the whole time. And I don't know what Herter said. But, like, Herter, again, Herter actually got hit in the face. So, like... And that gets a tag. It really is bullshit. Like sometimes, like you know, I'm I'm not for like r- referee victim the victimhood mentality with the referees, but that was some bullshit. Yeah, sadly, probably won't ever change anytime soon. Plus, uh, yeah, Luca has that superstar um, bitching with him. I guess you could say kind of like the Draymond esque of <laughs> being protective against getting a. Like easy tags. But but at least like Draymond, it's like he gets the first tech. That that's a given. It's the second tech he really pushes the line. But e- either way, so the game was tied going into the third. The Kings let let them back in. They had a 13-point lead, evaporated. It was a tie game going into the fourth. Now, by the fourth, like the Kings had kind of regained their offensive punch. Like they've gotten a little, they started hitting shots, they started like running their stuff. It was all good. But then Kyrie Irving decides to just go absolutely nuclear. He had 19 points in the fourth quarter, and Christian Wood had 12. Those were the only two guys that scored the entire quarter for the Mavs. Yeah, pretty much. And I would like to say the Mavs did a pretty good job protecting the paint when it came to Sabonis and Fox trying to drive in. They they pretty much packed the paint and didn't uh, let the guys easy inside so kind of forced us to shoot threes more which of course not what i preferred but it is what it is and uh, again like it, it wouldn't have like a lot of these things like say taking not taking enough threes like or like taking too many threes or like not getting enough shots in the fourth all that could have been moot had Kyrie Irving not gone absolutely nuclear and part of it is the king's defense like there there was a transition three where it was one on five and nobody like picked him up like as soon as he picked across half court the dude is on fire you need to pick him up and then like it, it culminated in the ridiculous like moon ball three over De'Aaron that basically iced the game it, it, he was insane in the fourth quarter and he's the reason why they won this game yeah pretty much like g- complain about the defense all you want. I thought there was a really good defense. Like Davion Mitchell had had him pick up the ball with nowhere to go, and he just throws up the mid range over Davion. There's, there was nothing you could do. It, it it was what it was. The Kings defense could be a little better, but like it, it was just a guy that just again th- there was nothing you can do when he got hot. Yeah, and it was pretty damn good basketball from Kyrie to this game. And and they're you know they're a team that's playing with de- desperation right now. And again, this saved their season. Like, granted, I don't know if they want to do that because they're uh, they have a pick that's going to go to New York if it's uh, if it's lower than tenth. So I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not the judge of that. But again, 
it, it was what it was. You were beat by brilliant shot making. I don't, I didn't think the defense of the Kings was like particularly terrible. Other again, other than a few possessions where like they should have just picked up Kyrie as soon as he picked up half court and honestly just double him and honestly like make Luca shoot it if anything. Because mm-hmm. Luca, because Luca had zero points in the fourth. Um, it, it really wasn't his fault. But it's, you know, when the guy is that hot, you just got to double him. You got to like stick a guy to him. And they did, they did that on a few possessions, but there were just enough possessions where they didn't do that. And you, again, you lose the game because of it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, would you say this was a product of being uh, in a bat to bat? I would say so. Cause like they started just missing like shots towards the end, like some of De'Aaron's shots, like there was like a few shots that he just missed. And that that's a that's a product of being on the second night of back to back, even though they didn't play all that much in, in last night. But it like it, that's kind of what happens like that. That's kind of why I say there really isn't that much I can take away from this uh, game because they're on a second night of back to back. Their offense wasn't bad. Their defense wasn't bad, but they just got outplayed. And uh, also, this was just an interesting thing that, that just stood out to me. The Kings had 22 offensive rebounds. Which I is, know, yeah. Which is incredible. Alex Len had two defensive rebounds and seven offensive rebounds. Like, so many things kind of went their way. Like, they they won the turnover battle. Um, they, they got more assists. They got, uh, what is it? They got 17 more field goal attempts. Yet they lost this game because they were outshot from the three-point line by eight by eight shots. The Kings only made 12. The Mavericks made 20. Because for some reason, they they only shoot well against the Kings. Like Tim Hardaway, like he, he I don't think he plays ever plays well ex- until he's playing the Kings. Because like it feels like he misses so many shots. And he missed some, he missed some shots this game too. But like he always plays well against the Kings. Uh, Christian Wood played actually he didn't play all that well but he did hit some big threes but like there's just guys that just, they, the Mavs just love playing the Kings they love to shoot threes against the Kings and make them it's just one of those things because remember all three games they played against us they've like shot I think they made 20 threes in all of them yeah now that you mention it yeah <laughs> that's that is probably the case it, it's always what you call it it's always the role players that either if it's one or two of them it, it always adds up on top of whatever Kyrie and Luka does by the way like I, I I get it like Christian Wood isn't like the perfect player by any means he's he, he's a bit of a ball hog he thinks he's way better than he actually is why the hell is Dwight Powell starting he was he was not good at all I don't know we're not the coach. <laughs> no. So and, and, and by the know. way, Tim Hardaway, like he was talking shit to De'Aaron. Like, I'm sorry, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you to be talking shit? This team, this team is like part of the reason why this team has been so disappointing is because you've been shit. I'm, I'm just saying, you're talking shit to De'Aaron the way you did. I'm sorry, who? Who are you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it it was what it was. Like they just they shot the lights out. And again, they played they played with a certain level of desperation. The Kings, must be honest, didn't need this game by any means. Granted, if you were still if you still wanted the second seed, you you needed to win this game. I'm not that into that race, so it, it, it it's whatever to me. But overall, like you you just got outshot, and I don't think that happens that often where you have a guy just 
absolutely blow the roof off the place uh, like Kyrie Irving did. And that's what it took to beat the Kings on a second out of a back-to-back. Like, it was what it was to me. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm aiming for that fifty, <laughs> that fifty wins. Yep, you would need to fit. You would need to win the last two games uh, against the against the Warriors and against the Denver. Why do I call them the Denver? But uh, the Denver, yeah. the Denver. So we'll see. We'll see. Like I'm. Look, this season has been an overwhelming success. Is it a disappointing loss? Yes, because you had the you had the Mavericks on the ropes, and you let them back into it. And you know that that's not good, you know. It, it, but like ultimately, like this season, like it doesn't take away from the rest of the season. Like a lot of people like started freaking. It's, it just happens. Like people just freak out. Like say this is disappointing. Calling calling some bonus overrated. I, I I wanted to reply to that guy who said that honestly, but it, I don't know. It's not worth my time. But you know, it it. It, it is what it is, but like it's it this this loss, it is a disappointing loss. It's a kind of a bad loss, not really because they're on the second night of a back to back. Um, but it is disappointing because again, you had them on the ropes, you were absolutely pantsing these guys, and you know, you could have put them out of their misery, but you know, and some it'd be like that sometimes, as a great man once said. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to ending this season and finally seeing who we face in the playoffs because it's still pretty jumbled for that sixth seed. Do, do you want the second seed, or do you are you do you do you just prefer to stay in the third? I prefer to stay in the third, just because. Well, we could face the Warriors. Or we could face the Clippers. We could face the Lakers. We could face the Pelicans. We were about to face the Lakers for about, you know, 30 minutes until the Warriors beat the Thunder. So, yeah, it's still, it's so jumbled up. There's, I mean, there's also, like we've said in previous uh, episodes, that there's some teams that we would rather face than, you know, doubters. But, I mean, so far from what I'm seeing in the standings, I mean, I, I think we should be fine. Yeah, I, I'm. I rather just stay in the third. I haven't mentioned it in the other episodes, but I rather just stay in the third because at least we would know our matchup a week in advance. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, okay. Um, again, disappointing loss. Again, I, I hate. I hate that I have to repeat this. It's not the end of the world. It's fine. So it, it you know, just move on to the next game and see if the uh, the Kings still have a chance at fifty. Oh yeah. All right. So. Uh, well, this is what I actually want to talk about. WrestleMania weekend, you were there. Uh, you went to the Hall of Fame, I believe, right? I did not. Oh, you did not. Okay, well. But I I, I mean, I already kind of know what happened during SmackDown anyway. Uh, I mean, the only major part in the Hall of Fame that I could recall was um, Dominic and... Uh, what you would call it his crew just walking out on Rey Mysterio's speech so I mean good for playing the part of the story I guess yeah that that story has actually been pretty fun like that the fact that they actually brought up Eddie Eddie Guerrero too is actually really <laughs> is actually genuinely funny but uh anyways let's talk well let, let's start with this I assume you were at night one yeah both okay. nights yeah you were there okay so night one um what like I guess uh I, let me pull up the card real quick and just ask you like guess what I was curious with uh 
Let me see. So should before, have this, should have this prepared. Before you start talking, there wasn't no pre-show uh, for WrestleMania, and we thought there was going to be of some sorts, but there there wasn't. It was just a plain old uh, straight up night one, night two. That's it. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I thought there was a pre-show. Maybe there was. Oh, I think I think what they did is that they moved the uh, the Andre the Memo- Andre the Giant Memorial Memorial Battle Royal to SmackDown. Yeah. So there isn't. A, there just isn't anything else. I guess they could put on the pre-show. Pre-show and the pre-show. It's a waste of fucking it's... time, anyways. It it was weird because you know Bobby Washi came out with the Andre the Giant trophy and it just that's a know, big ass thing to carry around by the way. It, it is. It's just kind of weird that he came out and and that's it. Nothing else much happened other than you know oh he won the Andre the Giant trophy. Congratulations. Yeah, a lot of people were not happy that he was not on the card because he was supposed to face Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt got sick. Hmm, I so, see. Yeah, ho- hopefully Bray Wyatt's okay, but really unfortunate for Bobby too, because that could have been a nice match. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, that's just one missed WrestleMania, I guess. Hopefully, next WrestleMania, uh, it'll happen. Okay, yeah. well, uh, let's see. I guess you know, I'm watching the Lakers Clippers game uh, right now <laughs> on the other screen. It, the the, the late it looks like the Clippers are going to win. Lakers are going to go down. So um, there's that update, but. Um, let me ask you about um the main event, Usos versus Sammy or Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Did, what did you think of that match? It was a great match. <laughs> I would say, let me see, let me walk through the matches of the night. I'd say, yeah, it's number one match out of all these matches. I'd say, in my opinion, of course, it, it was my favorite match because. Like, first of all, you have incredible wrestling. I call it like the perfect mix of the great WWE style storytelling. And, and it's not exclusive to WWE, but like great storytelling and also like indie, indie work, indie work rate, indie working style, like wrestling mm-hmm. style, just the perfect mix of the both. Because like, first of all, great story. You're emotionally invested in, in the Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And you're also getting some damn good wrestling. Yeah, especially we we all knew that Sammy had to end this match himself. Oh, man, those three kicks. I I will say the only complaint I have, I thought the super kicks, it started to get old a little bit towards the end. It's it's just too many super kicks. it, It is, but for the story... With Sammy having to end it and doing the free count, it's got to happen. Yeah, uh, and like just great storytelling, just emotional stuff. Like I was, I, I was close to crying on that on this match. Like I was, I, I think I cried like during the Roman and uh, Sammy thing because like the the entrance was so emotional. But like th- this was this was getting close to there. Like it, it's just an, again an incredible story mixed with some really damn good wrestling. And, you know, great storytelling during the match as well. Like, it was just the perfect storm of just everything coming together. Oh, yeah. I mean, out of all the other matches, I mean, let's see. What else is there? Did you care about Austin Fury and John Cena? Not really, but what what did you think? I, funny enough, 
I think this match and maybe part of the next match, the screen was off. So I had to rely on my own eyesight just to see what's going on. Did you bring binoculars? No. Oh, no. Yeah. So everyone was like booing just because the screen was off. And we're like, I did notice like the crowd wasn't as hot as I thought it would be. I'll just say that. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Some, there were some matches where the screen was off and once the screen got fixed, everyone cheered. <laughs> I don't know if it got caught in uh, the streams, but yeah, that's one of the major reasons why uh, people were cheering. <laughs> uh, how the, was the uh, how was the atmosphere around the uh, around the stadium? It's it's crazy. It's I I mean I've been to a lot of pay per views and shows, but this tops every single one I've been to, and I, I would say the last pay-per-view that i'd say was the best of all the ones that i've been to was the bash in like 2009 that's a long time ago so yeah and you know I mean, very much smaller arena like much smaller yeah. venue by everyone for for you know the major stars of course uh sang to like uh the themes edges theme what you call it? Seth Rollins's theme, I assume. Seth Rollins. Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn. Yeah, Sammy Zayn. Uh, what you gonna call it? Even um, Cody Rhodes. I was I was surprised that people knew those lyrics. Oh yeah, the, I mean you're getting the hardcore of the hardcore in it. I, I'm not saying it's a new thing, but like wrestling fans love themselves some karaoke. They they just do. Yeah, I mean, I only knew Edge's theme to be honest. I I didn't really know that ones that well. Well, I mean, well, like you know, yeah, I'm I'm, get, I'm guessing you haven't been watching much, but yeah, it's like they they sing to so many songs, and like Sammy's is, is I love singing to Sammy's. Oh yeah, I mean, it's easy to follow too. Um. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to talk about night one? Because night two, I think, feels like probably. The, like the better one to talk about now that I look at the card. Weirdly enough, a lot of people say night one was better than night two. I don't know if that's the case with you. Uh, uh we'll, we'll we'll talk about night two first. Uh, uh, you okay. you want you want to jump over to that, or there's Let's another see. match you want to talk about? Uh, other than that, Dominant Mysterio and Rey Mysterio, I think is the last match I would talk about. Uh, just because of you know the story, <laughs> uh, what you gonna call it? It, it was it's just a funny kind of story and match i'd say and you know not gonna lie i i think this would be one of dominic's best matches he's done so far i'd say i assume you haven't watched any other ones just good just no. gonna... uh, yeah he's actually not great as a wrestler like but like his somehow like they've caught lightning in a bottle with his character like him just being the fake guy who went to jail. like you know his entrance like he's being released <laughs> from jail and if you don't know the story he thinks no. he's like he's like a hood like a really tough prison guy he was in yeah. county jail for 30 minutes <laughs> and that, that's the that's the joke that they're kind of running with and, yeah. and it's been great like he thinks he's so tough and for some reason people just hate him <laughs> like it's one of the funniest things and like it's just kind of taking a life on of its own i call this match kind of I call this match kind of diet Shane versus Vince from WrestleMania 17. Mm. Like you don't have to understand like the storyline. You don't really have to understand really anything. You just know that this, this fucking brat 
is a piece of shit and his and his dad is about to teach him a lesson about being a good boy and you know like the mom got involved like the yeah. L- the newly formed LWO the, Me- the you know the Mexican guys like got involved and Zelina Vega and then you have like Judgment Day coming in it, it's just the perfect storm of just shenanigans and simple easy storytelling no the weird thing was i really thought dominic was going to win this match that was my yeah. complaint about the match just cuz ray mysterio was inducted into the hall of fame and I really thought this was going to be his last WrestleMania appearance. And oh no, no, have you, match. oh no, no, have you never like watched WWE in the last ten years? Like that doesn't mean anything. Like Goldberg <laughs> has come back for a bunch of matches. Uh, you know, uh, no, that doesn't mean anything. And honestly, him being inducted to the Hall of Fame might have made more sense. Like you know, it makes sense for him to win since he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. You got to keep the good vibes going. But I thought Dominic should have won this one, so, just so like he Ray can put him over. Because I assume like that's that's the plan, and it's at WrestleMania. You know, I'm not saying he has to retire, but it, you know, it's it should be getting close to that time. Granted, he's still got a lot left in the tank, but he like does. you know, going out at WrestleMania, putting over your own son, like that's that's a wrestler's dream. Well, should be anyways. <laughs> Well, maybe next year or maybe in SummerSlam because I don't know how long they could keep the story up, to be honest. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. Like the LWO stuff is actually pretty fun. Like he's kind, he's kind of passing the torch to these guys. Like, you know, I think it's El Legado El Fantasmo, I think is his name. It's a long name. Uh-huh. But like he, but like he's kind of, Ray's kind of passing the torch of kind of the Mexican wrestler onto him. And he's he's passing he's also passing it to Dominic to kind of carry that division as well. Like he's kind of he's kind of setting up th- things really well. Granted, let's see where it goes. But I thought I thought this was great. It, it was like a really fun, just the fun, simple storyline. Yeah, I guess we shall see. Okay, night two. Um, so I I, I want to talk about this match. Um, Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus uh-huh. Sheamus. Did I, you hear the slaps from where you were sitting? I just, I mean, of course, because there's microphones like probably <laughs> right under them. But yes, what was it? What's the number twenty five or, or close to thirty slaps by Sheamus onto uh, what you call it? It was around thirty. Yeah, it was around yeah. thirty. And then, like, one of the Gunther chops literally sounded like a gunshot. I don't even remember who it was to. I think it was Sheamus. Just chopped him, and it sounded like a gunshot. This was my favorite match of the entire week. Just big, big, muscly dudes beating the living shit out of each other. Yeah, this is definitely, like, whatchamacallit. I don't know what's the word. It's definitely full-on pure wrestling from these three and i in my opinion i thought sheamus carried the uh carried the match to be honest even though like gunther and drew mcintyre was there doing their thing but i felt like sheamus did his best to like put out a great show sheamus has had the run of his career it's weird that it's happening now but he's been so good like since basically since fans came back like just he's been just wrestling in these hard hitting ass matches like you know him versus Gunther and Clash of the Castle was probably the best match of last year 
And just Gunther is so good. Drew McIntyre is so good. And they just worked a perfect match. There, there honestly wasn't even that much story. Like, you know, Drew and she- Drew and Sheamus, that was a good story. And then like Gunther kind of kind of slots right in just as a guy to beat the shit out of out of them and then for them to beat the shit out of. Like it's it was just great. It was the perfect match almost. There wasn't that much story, but like in terms of just in-ring wrestling, it's just incredible. Yeah, it's in in terms of pure wrestling, this is definitely wait, let me look through the wrestling matches at this night. Yeah, it's it what am I kidding? Who am I kidding? It is the best in terms of pure wrestling that night. Um so apparently so like you you saw the Snoop Dogg Miz stuff. What did you think of that? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I thought that was all like part of the script. I, I didn't know Snoop Dogg was the like was all improv <laughs> into uh whatchamacallit, uh doing the clothesline onto the Miz and uh not clothesline, the punch to the Miz and great improv, by the way. <laughs> great yeah, yeah. improv. Great improv. It, the way he kind of hugs the whatchamacallit, the ropes kind of it's kind of funny though, but I mean he gave the people's elbow to him. Just the, it's just so funny <laughs> that Shane McMahon comes back and immediately blows out his quads. Right. I, I, yeah. I'll be honest, I actually skipped past that part because I was like, oh god, the Miz and Shane McMahon. I don't want to see that shit. And yeah, but like after after just hearing about it, actually watching it, it is genuinely funny. Like I literally die was part of the script. That's how like <laughs> real what to me. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, great improv from the guys. Like it really was. Yeah, and oh. then oh yeah, I forgot to mention George Kittle also for night one, uh, being part of the what you call two v one against the Miz. Oh yeah, no yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah. What did you think of Bianca versus Asuka? <sighs> I'm gonna say this. I love Asuka, but it's just not great wrestling. She out I. In my opinion, she doesn't really wrestle well in terms of the standards of um, other wrestlers in this generation. And as much as a, I like Bianca Belair as well, it's just it it didn't mix well. I feel their uh, their uh, types of wrestling. Well, I, well, I can't disagree more on that one. But I I thought I thought their match was really good. I just thought Oscar should have won. Like, yeah, in the same manner, we'll get to that. But like in the same manner, Roman, I thought the shtick has kind of run dry with Bianca. Like she doesn't really have any challengers at this point. Maybe she moves on to uh, maybe she moves on to Charlotte because I don't think that's happened before. But like, you know, her being this incredible, invincible champion, it might start it's going to start running dry soon. And I, I'm not sure where she goes on beyond that. But well, mm-hmm. I cannot disagree with you more on the wrestling. I thought this was yeah. a great match. I mean, what you call it? The match I, I felt like was OK. It's just for it's just I don't know. I don't know how. What, 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 what do you mean by like they don't they don't measure up to the standards of today? Like <laughs> not enough flips. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little slow. I'd say I don't, I don't know if it's because of Asuka, but I felt I feel like it's more towards her <laughs> being the reason why this match was a little um not up to par, in my opinion. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. Because I do want to move on to this. Okay. End of the night, 
Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Big entrances for both guys. You know, it, it and then it becomes a standard Roman match. They 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 it starts out slow. They kind of feel each other out. It goes into a it, it goes into a rest hold, and then after the rest hold, the comeback starts, and then the match starts to get into kind of the kind of like higher gear. They you know they start hitting you know like big setup moves, and then it becomes the kickout party, and then it becomes you know the finisher party ref bump interference and that's when it gets really 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 sweet and that's when the roman matches get really sweet and yeah well overall first of all let, let's go over this where what did you think of the match itself i mean how would i say this being with the story the blood and wine story it has so much build up to cody winning and we all thought Cody was winning. But when we saw Roman Reigns do two spears at the very end and secure the win, we were all shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. I thought Cody was winning because Roman Reigns, which I forgot that he was what 900 something amount days. He's close to 1000. I don't is, know the I don't know the amount. He's very close. Yeah, he's close. I thought regardless of that he was going to lose. We could finally move on from this uh, this guy being the undisputed champion of the world to, uh, you know, pushing up Cody Rhodes. But it did not happen. It had all the buildup. It had Cody doing dusty moves. I, I believe it's Dusty's moves, right? Yeah, yeah. the little punch, the little yeah. wind-up, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a gold dust move, the little drop-down slap the chin. Like yeah, on from the floor. Yeah, I think that's a gold dust move. Yeah, build up to that. We thought we he was gonna win off those moves, and then you see <laughs> Sami Zayn and Kale come out. We thought that was gonna be like kind of like just tying the story together, just having Cody Rhodes win after all that. And no, Cody Rhodes doesn't win. It, I don't. I I don't know if I would say it was a. It just fell flat, but it was a great match for out, in my opinion. It's just that Cody should have won, really. I rolled my eyes so hard when that three count happened. Like, you know, he hit the super, I call it the super spear because he bounces off the ropes twice. Yeah. Because, uh, and, and like, the, that's the way that Roman has been winning, which made this all the much more worse. He wins by bullshit interference. It, that's how that's how he wins. And it's just like, for like, this was supposed to be the climax. This was supposed to be where it ends. A lot of people describe this as, like, basically, it's Infinity War. But, and, like, you know, you, you have to go through Infinity War to set up Endgame. But if you've been paying attention, it's been three Infinity Wars already. We have to move to Endgame at some point, and yeah. we thought this was it. Like we did this with Drew, we did this with Sammy. Like we 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 knew what Endgame was gonna be. Well, we thought we knew what Endgame was gonna be. It was gonna be Cody Rhodes winning, uh, winning the title right here at WrestleMania, and everything built up to that. And like. You know, Ali Davis on WrestleTalk, like, he summarized it beautifully. It was like everything kind of, you know, you saw the fall of the bloodline in, in night one. 
And then uh-huh. you saw the, the 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 ghosts of Roman's past come back to haunt him. KO and Sammy, they they faced him very recently and lost because of it, bullshit interference. You know, it was going to be the crescendo and even the better, like, you know, unintentional story. The sun setting as the match, as the match is coming to an end, it was all perfect. And then Solo Sokoa comes back and just spikes them and that's it. Yeah. Awful finish. <laughs> Awful finish. Probably the bad, probably the wrong result. There is, a, there is an argument you can make this is the right result. I thought it should have been Cody. But like it was such a flat finish. Like I rolled my eyes so hard at this. And again, the Roman shtick is getting old. Like it's always this. It's always oh ref bump. You know shenanigans happens. Uh, he gets interference and then he wins. It's the same shit. There, there's nothing innovative about this one. And so let's go out and been ejected before this. And the fact that he came back was so lame. Like they, they needed to get, they needed to at least like try something different. Like hell, have the rocks music hit for no reason. Like anything. <laughs> anyways, anyways, terrible finish. And then you know to, and then like you know, all, all of us were like hoping for something good on Raw to happen. Raw was ass. I hated, I hated that ending just because like really this is how we're gonna end it. Like, granted, it sets up a it sets up a feud between Brock and Cody, which will be probably will be a good feud. But like, really, that like this is the follow up, and we had to. Well, I guess I'll wait till what happens on SmackDown. But fuck me, like that was a bad ending. <sighs> yeah, especially with you seeing uh, Cody's wife and kid there. And Negative one, Luke Harper's kid was there. I I know. I I didn't notice until like someone mentioned it. I was like. Man, that is just heartbreaking. <laughs> just the, all this build up, all to be squashed by this. It's just being squashed, <laughs> and it doesn't like. I I don't even think this is actually his fault. With with the with the, with the news of Vince returning, <laughs> like it's just wow. You just basically you just had so much momentum, and in one night you squashed all of it. And now, like, it, it is, the vibes are not good in the locker room. Vibes are not good with the fan base. Nothing is, like, everything is going downhill for for, for WWE right now. We'll see if they can rebound, but, like, it's not looking good right now. Uh, have you seen what Vince looks like nowadays? With the mustache? He looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so there was a Reddit comment saying that uh, he was, like, a Vincenzo instead of Vince. Yeah, apparently we're not the only ones that were surprised with the weird Vince mustache. Apparently everyone, like all the talent who saw him with a mustache also thinks it's weird because there's actually a really funny story about Vince. So for the longest time, he shaved every day so that he would, he quote unquote, he wouldn't let the beard win. What? What does that mean? Because he's a control freak. Like the story I hear is that he's a control freak. And he and he hates that he can't control that he doesn't grow facial hair. If he's growing facial hair, it means he's letting his facial hair win. He's a weird dude. Oh, okay, sure, <laughs> sure. And, and he, yeah, so speaking of Vince, like, looks like he's back in charge. Uh. Uh, well, they had a good run. <laughs> they had a good run for about what? 
yes basically right before SummerSlam so that was what August so that's what a good a good 10 months you know or no a good six months or ah, god I can't do my math so four eight months of just really pretty good storylines and pretty decent TV uh, it looks like that run's coming to an end yeah I mean we'll see I don't know I gosh I I I, just, I'll just say, judging from Monday Night Raw, that sucked. Yeah, don't, I don't, I don't think you will be there hundred percent of the time. There was actually kind of a running joke where uh, I saw that Night One was all Triple H, and then Night Two was all Vince. <laughs> Which which is unfair unfair to I think Vince look Triple H has somehow manipulated us all into thinking that anything bad Vince is back because the internet has been actually saying that for months where like oh this looks this is not a good decision this is a bad finish that must be that must be a Vince idea like Triple H has just gotten like a hundred percent approval from everybody and. The reality is he's Triple H hasn't been perfect, but this Monday Night Raw, like I felt, was a lot worse than usual, and I particularly didn't love that ending. It was just ten minutes of just Cody getting the shit beaten out of him, no one coming out to save him. I, like I get, I get it. It's this, it's the setup Brock versus uh, Cody. I hope it's not setting Brock versus Roman down the line because how many fucking times can you run that and just find and just realize it's not mm. working? But uh-huh. there was also stories about like, oh, the store, the the script was getting rewritten like two hours before the show, like an hour before the show, you know, like matches that weren't supposed to happen, like all of a sudden were added, and matches that were supposed to happen got removed. So, good old fashioned WWE. Yeah, uh, that's just great. Uh, yeah, like you said, hopefully SmackDown gives something more to this because um, usually. I don't know from what I've heard. I don't know because I haven't been watching too many Raws after WrestleMania. The Raws after WrestleMania haven't been good. And that was like last year's was like all time bad. And somehow I think this one was, I don't think it was as, maybe it was bad, worse because there were, there were no returns. Because last year you at least had Cody returning and that kind of boosted up the show a little bit. But like this year, it was just. Like, like I again, I didn't like the Brock stuff, so like it's there's there was nothing else for me on the show. Hmm. Yeah, hopefully WWE will think of something for the next few months until like the next big pay per view because I I don't think anything's gonna happen in the next backlash. To be honest, yeah. And also, and like SmackDown apparently will be like the moment of truth if Vince is at that show. Like that mean that means like he is fully back, and uh, yeah, apparently morale is really bad in the locker room right now. Um, it, it's not good, and I'll say this: like AEW has like they they've actually been they've actually kind of maintained a, like a consistent level of of the product. Like this is kind of their opening to kind of take back the war, I guess the wrestling war because. They have been kind of, they have been kind of not, I don't want to say floundering, but they hadn't been, you know, balls to the wall basically since the CM Punk stuff. And like, you know, WWE was on an upward trajectory this whole time. This is, 
this is the moment that you want to capitalize on. And they just got Jay White. Like, Jay White was rumored to be going to WWE. I thought he was going to de- debut after WrestleMania, but he's back. He's with AEW now. So, you know, this is one of those moments. Like, it's it's important that they capitalize on this. Yeah, I guess we shall see. Because, I, I mean, I haven't watched much AEW other than what ever happened. Bitch, once. bitch, you watch, you barely watch WWE. I highly doubt you'd be watching AEW. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, who are you trying to fool? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, other big news um, coming out of the weekend. Uh, WWE has been sold to Endeavor. Uh, that is the parent company of uh, the UFC. I believe it was for, I think it was for $12 billion. I might be wrong. Basically, they're going to be, I guess, merging. Um, not merging, but they're now going to be... They- they're not going to be owned by the company that owns UFC, and they're going to, I guess, start their own like little thing with UFC and um, WWE. So that's actually kind of cool. Um, in terms of what actually happens with the product, that's actually one of the reasons why Vince was able to come back. Or they're basically going to put Vince in charge with like this one. I forgot his name, but like he, th- there's going to be two guys running like the, the running the WWE side before Endeavor. And uh, yeah, that's basically the gist of all the things. There's a lot more details to it. But yeah, what were your thoughts when you first heard about it? Yeah, I I really thought things would. Like Triple H says that there's not going to be much things changing. And he's never lied. Like, why would we doubt him? Yeah, I I have my doubts because... I, if I remember, you doubt Crow- Papa H. How dare you? <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think Endeavor does own the majority of uh, WWE in terms of what is it stocks or I, I don't know the words. Nah, I don't. I don't. Let's just say I think they. Yeah, I think they do. I think they do own majority share. If I remember right, I don't remember. So, whatever they say, pretty much has to go. So I. I don't know what changes will actually will well, come, but well, the thing is, like when when they when they say that, they just really mean like they they have they they own the product, but they don't really run the product. It's gonna be mm. Vince. It's gonna be okay. on Vince's side, no matter oh. what, basically. Okay. Well, hopefully, this will also make small changes, I guess, within WWE, which I highly doubt in terms of like pay. <laughs> To be honest, oh yeah, UFC is no for paying their fighters. I like know. no, 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 nothing's <laughs> that going to change. It's yeah. Same, it's essentially the same scumbags coming together. Like, yeah, whatever. Not the. I think the actual product doesn't change much because it doesn't look like they're all that interested in running it. Like they're gaming it back to Vince for crying out loud. Like, you know, shows you how much they know about that product. Um, yeah, so. We'll see what happens. They've finally been sold. I guess that takes the Saudis out of the equation. Like, again, I don't think like it would have mattered if they had taken it, had had the Saudis bought it. They would have just put Vince in charge anyways. Yeah. Um, like, it, I don't think, again, I don't think this changes. We might end up seeing more UFC talent, like maybe just randomly show for cameos on WWE. Hell, win the championship for no reason. Why the hell not? Like, you know, yeah. like Conor McGregor might be fighting for the World Heavyweight Championship at one point. Yeah, that'd be pretty weird to see, to be honest. Because uh, let, let's be honest, 
probably ain't winning a fight for, for a while. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, he's got all the downward trajectory on that end, too. <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest, I kind of don't want to see him uh, wrestling, to be honest. I mean, I think he'd be a fine wrestler. Like, you, the MMA fighters usually usually turn into pretty good wrestlers. Like, there's a pretty good track record of that. And again, I don't know if Connor still has it. Like, this is he's probably going to turn to WWE at some point. Like, it's he's he's kind of built for it. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Watch McConnell. Well, at least it doesn't stop uh, WWE going to Saudi Arabia for shows. I guess. Well, yeah, they're probably going to stop. I mean. I think doesn't UFC they they work in Abu Dhabi. I don't know. Sorry, sorry for not knowing my geography, but they work with Abu Dhabi, so I assume like they don't mind. <laughs> like you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there's gonna be one after backlash or something, some sort of show. Uh, there is there that's coming. Yeah, but yeah. Um, overall, like, what what did you think of your experience overall? It just you know, SoFi Stadium, uh, um, you know, the, the entire weekend overall. Well, getting there was a pain. The drive was a pain. Two hours to get through 30 miles is a pain. Uh, parking, luckily, is not too bad. One thing I didn't know was that the forum was right next to SoFi. This, by the way, this is my first time being in SoFi and being near the forum. So I, I didn't know it was in Inglewood to be, or like in the same vicinity in Inglewood, to be honest. Um, other than that, I mean, it was pretty anxiety inducing in terms of the drive, but once you're in WrestleMania, it's WrestleMania time. Yeah, my weekend uh, wasn't as exciting as yours. I, I actually went down to the Bay um, and my God, like not not to sh- I don't I don't think it's a Bay exclusive thing, but my God, there were some whack. There was some wild ass drivers that I ran into, like guys that would just cut lanes without signaling. I felt like I almost died like a few times, just like <laughs> just with guy, just like trying to cut into lanes, and then some asshole would just like run right next to me, and I if I didn't look over my shoulder, I would have been dead. <laughs> it was and and also I uh, GPS like. It took it took me to, through some of the back roads, and normally that's fine, but it was pitch black, and uh-huh. there were not there there weren't that many street lights, and like there was no car in like in front of me or behind me, so there was there was about ten miles of road where I was just it, it was creepy, I'll just say. But, yeah. yeah, but as you can as you can see, I'm back, so you're not the only one who had adventures with uh, traffic. Yeah, I literally one of the days I think it was Saturday night one of WrestleMania. So many accidents that were passed through and witnessed, or even close to being an accident uh, with my car happened in that one night that I wouldn't have yeah. seen like within a, probably a lifetime. To be honest, who who would have dared to to you know run into your Bugatti? Three three thousand or whatever it is. Uh, Yeah, luckily I have a dash cam, so well, it's not going to help that much if I can't catch uh, anything. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's just a crazy waste to have a WrestleMania, to be honest, because 
my goodness. They say it's 81,000 people, but... I, mean, 81, I thought they said 69,000. Was like, it 69? It was like 100. They, they, they try to gas up the numbers. They, they were they like... They do. Yeah, yeah. like for the, they didn't say it, but like the in, in attendance, 129,000. And yeah, both no. of us, all of us knew it was like 60,000 for both nights, which was it's just fine. But like, man, they try, they find yeah. ways to cast up their numbers. And it's literally the same people, to be honest. Like, there's no way that people are just going to show up to night one and not show up to night two. It's, it's the same people. Who are we kidding? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, I've kind of wish I, I went just to go for the experience. I've heard like you got to go to one of these at some point. I mean, I don't know when I'll get the opportunity to ever go again, but hey, well, yeah, good, good to hear you had fun despite the despite the uh, traffic. Yeah, hopefully they come back to the Bay Area sometime. Uh, then again, I'm not sure how the weather is gonna be like during um, what you call early April in the Bay for uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, luckily it didn't rain uh, this time around because, uh, goddamn, there's been a lot of rain lately. It looks like it's about to stop soon. I mean, we're finally getting a sunny weekend, uh, finally. Yeah, I've heard... Or actually a sunny Sunday. I think Saturday is raining. I forgot which WrestleMania was it. When 31. Came. 31. It was a 31. Yeah, it was 31. I just heard it was hot, super hot. Um, what you would call it? The pillar was blocking a lot of people's views. And uh, Undertaker's entrance was... Um, In the daylight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and one goofy thing that happened during the Finn Balor... I don't know why they did the camera work that way, but, like, you know, it, I remember, like, the demon entrance. It used to be, like, the camera would kind of, like... It, it wouldn't show Finn Balor showing up to on the stage. It would, like, show, it would, like, show up, like, when he rose... But instead, like, it just showed him, like, crawling to the stage, like, into some weird thing. Yeah. And, and also, like, yeah, it doesn't work in daylight. It's just, like, the creepy stuff they try to do with the exorcist. I'm like, there is day, there is sunlight. This does not work. <sighs> yeah, it, it didn't. But I'm not going to lie, Edge's entrance, probably one of the best I've seen. Especially with everyone singing to his entrance, or to his uh, Menowingas song. Yeah, it, yeah, it was cool. I, I yeah. thought there had been, but I thought his one of his SummerSlam one. I think the first year the fans came back. I thought that was the best. Was, they had the Brood, and then it switched yeah. to his music. I thought that. I was mean, cool. I mean, he's had better ones. Uh, what you call it on screen? But for me to see it live, I, it's one of the best. <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. But, uh, okay, well, yeah, we definitely talked about wrestling. Uh, you know, again, you actually went to the thing, so you know, there's going to be a lot of questions about that. But yes, there, yes, uh, this is still a Kings podcast. We'll kind of end on some uh, Kings news. I did not mention, uh, uh, well, the first part of the uh, of the episode. Uh, Miguel Lopez uh, won the DPOG chain. Um, he is the equipment. He's been the equipment manager for the Kings since 2006. So it's only fitting that he gets one of these because you know he, equipment managers they're very important. I believe they actually like not only like prepare like say balls and stuff like that. They also like prepare like you know sneakers. And I I'm not sure if it's them who prepares or like plans the meals and stuff, but they do a lot uh, behind the scenes. So you know shout out to Miguel Lopez. 
Hmm. What? Wait, was this the New Orleans game? This was the was... New Orleans game. Okay. Yes. I doubt we would have one for the Mavs. No, um, unfortunately, <laughs> well, we don't we don't do it. I mean, I thought I thought Harrison Barnes would have gotten it because Harrison Barnes was actually really good on defense. I thought he just, you know, it just it just so happens we lost, but it, it, it was what it was. Oh yeah. Well, congrats to Miguel Lopez. All right. Um, anything else you want to quickly talk about before we end the episode? Well, in terms of WWE, I was planning on. You know, slowly creeping back in, but I don't know. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, I I just don't know what's gonna happen in WWE after all that's happened so far. So, oh, well, I, you you do know what would help. I should watch it. Granted, I don't want to inflict that pain upon you. I mean, I don't even watch the full things. I mostly just skip around because I, I so might look, just. It's really awful TV a lot of the time. I, I might just read the summary that's it that's i didn't because it it, it just there's so much uh, that's happened throughout like the whole year up until wrestlemania and uh i remember one of the guys i went with said that wrestlemania is like the finals it's just you gotta wait for all the preseason stuff and the regular season stuff to settle in just so you know what's even gonna happen in the final season honestly you know what the sad part is you can actually like legitimately just watch WrestleMania, SummerSlam, maybe even Survivor Series and Royal Rumble. And honestly, you wouldn't miss much in between. Yeah. It's, that's the uh, that's the unfortunate part. They the WWE does you, at least well within the Triple H era is really good. But like like the Vince eras, like there is just nothing in between. Like they don't put in the effort. Like Vince legitimately forgets people wrestle like the previous <laughs> week. And yeah. just books the same matches, like it's pr- like regular day to day. Granted, again, it's been a lot better under Triple H. It hasn't been perfect, but it's been a lot better. But with Vince, if he really is taking the helm, or like fully taking the helm back, it's gonna go back to like the usual stuff. And honestly, you're not gonna be missing much at all if you don't follow the storylines. You can actually probably catch up like with a few videos. Uh, yeah, I was planning on just watching pay per views. And maybe some summaries in between. So, yeah, I, I I guess we'll see. I guess the big four, you're saying? The big four pay-per-views? Yeah, and Money in the Bank, you can creep in there, too. Like, you can yeah. do the big five. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I only really follow them through WrestleTalk anymore. I, I can't stand to watch the product a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, you can do it that way. You can do Cultaholic. Like, that's another one I would recommend. Like, there's a lot of ways you can actually watch the product without actually watching the product. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's just so much. Like, how, how long are the shows nowadays? Two hours still? Uh, it's two hours for SmackDown, uh, three hours for Raw. Three hours for Raw? What, what are you, you even doing, you can, Raw? You can skip a Raw. They, well, like, last... The the stat from la from the re- most recent Raw was that there an hour into the show there was ten minutes of wrestling. <laughs> it's, it's pure talking, right? Huh? Pure talking, pure promos, and let's and most of the matches themselves aren't long either. Uh yeah, that's that's wonderful. Uh yeah, made yeah yeah we'll see I guess. Yeah, you make you know make. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you to watch it. I don't think it's good for the mental health, honestly, to watch too much mm. WWE. But 
you know, like you you can you can get back into it if you want. Um, you know, again, I just follow through uh, Wrestle Talk for the most part. Yeah, I'll I'll just probably do that then because we're just waiting until some big new big storyline comes up. I guess. Yeah, uh, and I'll I'll let you know if it does happen. Um, okay. Um, it, let's see. Do I have anything else? Uh, I am uh for for you gamers who listen to this uh, podcast. I've been playing a lot of Witcher Three. Yeah, I don't know when I'll finish it. I'm like twenty hours in, and I'm like only on like the third mission <laughs> because I keep doing side quests. It is just how it is. Yeah, that that game is. I want to remember if it it's long. I, it's been no. It's very while. long. It's I, very long. I personally haven't even finished it either. So you have the game? Yeah, I did. I think it's one of the first games I got when I built my first PC. To be honest, you you never play RPGs. I don't know why you got it. I, like I said, it's one of the first games. Played it for a little bit and haven't touched it since. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so i i mean i've had it for a long time too i've actually had witcher 2 for the longest time and have never played it huh. oh, but yeah. uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm finally getting into witcher 3 probably get engrossed in the universe and maybe even play the first two who knows but yeah uh enjoying the hell out of that i i watched uh was it episode four of uh, last of us two last of us i know it's taking a while but sorry um yeah, so that that's kind of what's up been off my dock lately. You know, have you been watching The Last of Us or have you finished it? No, I haven't even started. Jeez, I, I still again, need I, it. I recommend watching it. You, you would. I, it's I still, a good show. I still need to watch The Boys and Mandalorian season three. <laughs> that's been coming out as well, and of course, you know, everyone needs to know that I have not watched anything since. The last episode of Game of Thrones. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you you got a lot of homework to do for sure. Um, hopefully, one of these days we'll finish, and the Naruto episode hopefully will be coming. Um, there is a gap between the play-in and the uh, and the actual start of the playoffs, so we're going to hope to squeeze in an episode in there. So, stay tuned. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, this one's on you. I, I watched the episode. <laughs> I have my notes ready. I'm ready. I might need to rewatch the episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll get, yeah. well, get started. Yeah, I know. All right. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy this long form one, just catching up on the WrestleMania, WrestleMania 39, I believe. So, yeah, hopefully, you yeah. enjoyed that. Um, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. And we'll see you guys uh, later.